What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. I know everyone is ready for what we call the weekend these days. It's hard to determine what days are what um, based on our situation, but hopefully you all are staying safe during this uncertainty and practicing your social distancing as we try to keep you entertained throughout all this with some great Pelicans podcasts. And today is no different with our very special guest is Fox Sports New Orleans Pelicans sideline reporter, Jen Hale, of course, you've seen her on NFL on Fox as well. Um, and Jen's also been on Pelicans playbacks recently throughout this whole hiatus, doing a great job with those, getting you ready for the Fox re-airing of Pelicans broadcast. Jen, first of all, how are you and how are you holding up right now? Hello, Daniel. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just using this time to try to be productive around the house, um, telling myself, Depending on how things get rescheduled, because I'm hoping we go back and finish the regular season, this may be my off my off season, my downtime. So I am painting pretty much everything in my house. I am reorganizing every closet and cabinet, and because of that, now I can't find half of my things. Well, that's what goes with uh, renovations, that's for sure. <laughs> but I'm glad you are being productive um, during this time. How has it been? You know, you know, you're so busy with between football and basketball that really don't have a lot of chance to unwind and stuff and using this time to, you know, renovate a property um, seems like a tall task, but how has it been just be able to keep busy with something like that? It has been interesting. You know, you have to look for, I won't even call them silver linings with all the tragedy that's happened, but um, maybe pewter linings in this situation, you have Mm -hmm. to look for positives. And uh, yeah, certainly one of them is I have not been home for this long in 10 years. Um, so it has definitely been a different experience for me, probably good to make me slow down, um, make me get some projects done that probably would still be sitting here five years later had it not been for this time. And, uh, I did just buy a condo in the French Quarter that I've been renovating to be a rental. And that's been exciting to get to be part of it. I I love architecture and I love history. And so it's been really fun to get to, um, be an active part of that renovation instead of just checking in here and there from pictures and phone calls. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun to kind of uh, see how that's been turning out via Instagram and sometimes on your Twitter. So it's been kind of fun for everyone, I think, at least to see how that project is going. But you've also been doing these Pelicans playbacks uh, for basically all the time that we've done this hiatus. You know, the Pelicans, it seemed like we're one of the first teams to get going as far as re-airing Pelicans games. And Todd spoke to you early on in this hiatus about the Pelicans playbacks, but since then I feel like they've evolved um, a lot with additions to assistant coaches on there. You've uh, had a chance to get some players uh, potentially on these um, rebroadcasts with their analysis. How have they evolved since the, the start of this to now? What have you learned from them? Yeah, it's a great point, Daniel. Kudos to the social media team and the digital team of the Pelicans. We were indeed one of the first, if not the first teams, to get up and running. And I probably had no less than 10 of my colleagues either email, call, or text, hey, how are y'all doing this? We want to do it. What a great idea. Uh, it looks great. It's awesome. So proud of the Pelicans for being the leader in that, so to speak. Um, and what's been fun is everybody's itching for something to do, right? Everybody's wanting to be useful and productive during this time. So we have had so many great guests, folks that might not normally uh, come on, like for instance, uh, Jeff Fizdelic, the uh, defensive mind for Pelicans. And it was great to talk to him about this defensive turnaround because usually it's Alvin Gentry who does the talking on that. Um, Pelicans, one of the most improved defensive teams since Christmas. 
really made a difference in this playoff push when we were still playing to have that that defense at such a high level. So it's been very insightful. Time time to look back and reflect, time to analyze in a way that I think normally we wouldn't have. Uh, talking to Chris Finch, the offensive mind of the Pelicans, he was one of our guests on Playback, and he talked about how he was dissecting the analytics, going back through every game film and, and tracking the little particulars, the statistics. So I think that is going to help, and that's going to pay off when we start playing again. And let's hope we are playing again. I'll get to that in just a second. But when you mentioned, you know, Bizdelic and Coach Finch breaking things down, um, you kind of almost learn something, you know, you know, we're in the fast part of the broadcast where, you know, it's hard for us to break things down uh, in the blink of an eye. But these have been very insightful. But it's also been frustrating Ascension because you see how well this team has involved through all of these games that we've watched. And it's just such a shame with everything going on. Granted, again, safety is the most important thing. But watching this team from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, it just showed using the Pelicans playbacks and the rebroadcast how far this team has come over the over the 64 games. Absolutely. I mean, wow. We dropped the first, what, 13? It was such a horrible start. And then to flip around and have the transformation, have the gelling, have that chemistry evolve that, that we did. You're right. In pure sports terms, if you block out what's happening in the outside world, uh, it is such a shame. And, and you hate to see that chemistry interrupted because you have to question, because it is so new, will you be able to pick it back up fairly quickly? Or is it going to take another several months to gel working together? It's, it's not a group that uh, has been overly familiar with each other. Uh, thankfully, I, I think the Pelicans are doing a really good job trying to keep players at least connected socially, if, if not physically. Um, they're all checking in on each other. They have Zoom and conference calls to stay close. And hey, we may have the practice facilities opening hopefully sooner rather than later. And it would be nice to be able to get those guys back in the gym, fingers crossed, because yeah, you hate to go backwards. You hate to lose all that progress that they made. And that certainly is a concern. Absolutely. You know, we heard yesterday from head coach Alan Gentry in a conference call and you were asking him about the reopening of the facility. And he says that he's they're going to wait until May 15th and wait till the governor and what he does next as far as the stay at home issues. And if there are going to be um, a little bit more of that extensions or even um, some releases of those things. Um, but also it just seemed like with Alvin, and I totally understand, Jen, there's so much uncertainty still right now. As much of the, all these scenarios we hear, whether it's a bubble city whether it's a play-in tournament, whether it's just the teams in the playoffs go in. It just, even though we're a month and a half into this, it just seems like there's still no kind of picture or no future about what this is going to be like. Many more questions than answers still, Daniel. And yeah. I know that's frustrating for fans as well as for everybody associated with the team. They want to get back to basketball, I assure you. I know you know that. Um but this is such an unprecedented situation. And in terms of when you start playing again, you know, it's a real question of how do you handle states that have opened back up, say like a Texas, um, we're hearing Georgia will be soon, that type of thing. Is that a competitive disadvantage or hey, is that just something you have to live with? Issues like that that you have to sort through and figure out. Uh, Louisiana certainly one of the hardest hit states. So uh, I understand why uh, Coach Gentry and 
David Griffin are saying, you know what, let's not reopen on May 8th the way the NBA is allowing teams to have the prerogative to do, at least right now, unless that changes again. Let's wait until May 15th with the stay-at-home order. And should, and I hope this does not happen, but should Governor John Bell Edwards extend that, then the Pelicans are going to have some decisions to make. Do they stay with that order and wait to reopen, or do they get guys back in the gym? The, the memorandum the NBA sent out, <laughs> 14 pages thick. There were two different ones. The instructions are very detailed about what you have to do and the guidelines and safety precautions you have to follow. From what I've heard from players, I am hearing that, that I have not heard one yet say that they would be uncomfortable returning under those circumstances. So we'll see. It sure would be nice to see some progress. Absolutely. Is there any one of these ideas that come that you thought, hmm, this may be a possibility? And granted, none of us know the safety impacts of all this. I don't want you to speak as far as how that's going to be concerned with testing and hotel situations and all that. But whether it's the bubble city or a plane or just something for either a lot of these teams to finish the regular season or some of these teams like us that are trying to get into that playoff situation. Is there one of these ideas that you've heard about that you may be like, no, that, that could potentially work if all the logistics fall in place when it comes to safety. Exactly. Big if, right? Fingers and yes. toes all crossed that that can, because obviously the Pelicans would be one of the teams that would benefit greatly from the chance to finish the regular season. You had to feel like, and I'm not speaking as a fan, I'm speaking analytically, you had to feel like going into the end of the season, the Pelican schedule got easier. A lot of their closest competitors got their schedules got tougher and the Pels were gelling. They got hot at just the right time. Um, I found it really intriguing the idea of going to Disney World and having all the teams quarantined, so to speak, there and finish out the regular season there. Uh, it's what baseball's talking about doing. Several leagues are debating whether this could be a solution to somehow getting some sort of live sports back. Um, I do question... The, the further we get into the calendar with this, how does that impact next season? And I'm sure that is something that is weighing heavily on everybody's mind at the NBA. Um, one of the things that, that Alvin was asked in that press conference, you know, how much ramp-up time would teams require? What would they need? And although there's been no decision made, Alvin said, you know, most of the people he's talked to, they're saying, hey, we need a minimum of 20 to 30 days to have our players working together before we could resume game action, real games. So, um, you know, you, you feel like you are in a bit of a time crunch, so to speak, here, because you also want the players to have their downtime to let their bodies heal for next season. Absolutely. How much are you in favor of pushing the season back, if need be? I know there were talks earlier this year, uh, a schedule proposed by the CEO of the Atlanta Hawks, where the, basically the season would start after Christmas, and go potentially until August with the playoffs. If this thing goes longer, would you be one of those um, that would be okay with extending the season longer uh, or starting it longer in December? Selfishly, I absolutely would, Daniel, on, on two fronts. One, for New Orleans, um, football is so all-consuming between LSU and the Saints. I would love for the Pelicans to get to be the main deal after Christmas. I feel like already so many fans don't really start paying attention until after the holidays. Um, and then selfishly for me, man, October, November, December are crazy covering NFL and NBA. Yes. So it would certainly make my life a lot easier. Again, that's a very selfish response, full disclosure. 
No, I actually, as soon as I asked you that, I thought of, well, of course Jen would, because, you know, she has so many Saturdays and Sundays where she's busy during football season. So this would actually be great for her. But I agree. I think this would be something that I think could be beneficial to everyone. Certainly, if that's the if that means we even play the rest of the season or some of it, um, I'll certainly be OK with that. Um, going back to this team, you know, I talked to Nikhil Alexander Walker on Wednesday and I learned a lot about him and what he was going through this season, the ups and downs of being a rookie in the NBA. And he talked about how J.J. Redick basically saved his basketball life um, when it when it comes to, you know, helping him being a mentor. And just it came to maybe think about this team and the culture surrounding it. You're on the road just like I am with this team and just seems like on and off the court. He really couldn't have asked for a better group of guys, Jen, uh, that we had before this hiatus hit and even afterwards with such a young core with this team. Indeed. Look, shout out to you first and foremost, Daniel, because that was a great interview. I listened to that and I really enjoyed it. I thought that was such a strong statement from Nikhil to say that J.J. helped save his career. You know, not just so oh, he's been a mentor, he's been helpful, but to say he saved my career, um, mm-hmm. jettisoned him leaps and bounds past where he would have been otherwise as a rookie. Uh, it speaks aided to J.J., and, and he's a savvy veteran who doesn't mind sharing, doesn't mind passing the ladder back down and helping. And that's, that's so refreshing. And it's also indicative, I think, of how all the veterans on the Pelican squad are. The Fave and Drew Holiday, um, Etwan Moore. And that's so important because not every locker room is like that in a variety of sports. You know, there are plenty of people who say the right thing, but they don't go out of their way to really correct, really teach and for J.J. to take that time, uh, it has just really helped the development of these rookies um, jump way further than I think it normally would have in just an average year. And the Pelicans need that as such a young squad. They're learning from some of the best, and they have such a great respect for Drew and J.J. You can tell how they take everything that's said to heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I let you go, Jen, a couple more questions here. I know it was brought up again with Alvin say about Zion Williamson and, you know, you were on the forefront as far as covering Zion and his return for Fox sports, New Orleans, whether it was the minute restrictions, whether it was the rehab process, whether it was easing him back in. And, you know, when the hiatus hit, of course, Zion was playing some really good basketball, which is not a surprise, but what did give us, give me an overall synopsis of how you thought Zion adapted to coming in as a rookie with all the hype and dealing with an injury and then how he ended before the hiatus of playing his best basketball easily. Mentally, he does not seem like a rookie at all. He has such a presence about him, such a calm. Uh, it feels like no moment is too big. You know, I remember when we were in L.A., he wasn't even playing yet, but he was traveling again with us on the road. Um, and there were grown adults chasing our bus to get a look at him and, and try to get his autograph. And I thought, geez, if that had been me at 19, how would I handle that type of attention? And to his credit, he has not changed one bit. He has been so solid. Um, I'm excited to watch his game grow. As he, you know, once you're in the season, especially when you're coming in in the middle after an injury, there's not a ton of practice time. There's not a ton of time to add to your game. So I think when he gets an off season, I'm excited to see what he does with his shot. Uh, if we can develop more of the three-point shooting we saw in that first game, that, wow, how impressive uh, that he had the the coolness, the wits about him. Hey, they are blocking me at the basket. I can't get anything inside the paint. 
I'm just going to go hurt them from the outside. Uh, and to have the confidence and the guts to do that in your first NBA game, to me, that speaks volumes about where he can be. And certainly the Pelicans would love to have a clutch closer, a guy with ice water in his veins that you can count on when the game's on the line. That's going to be a big step for them. So I think it, it's very encouraging all the way around. No doubt about it. It's been a very encouraging season from how it started to how it's finished, and hopefully um, it can finish the right way if possible. Obviously, we understand everything that's going on, but Jen, I appreciate this. Hopefully, I'm seeing you soon and not talking to you through a computer. I appreciate the time. I really enjoyed the Pelicans' playbacks. Um, we look forward to seeing them throughout this, the rest of this uh, month and the beginning of May. Absolutely, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to hear your voice, and I'm going to think positive thoughts about all being back together soon. Absolutely. Same here. Thanks, Jen. All right, and that'll do it for the Friday podcast presented by SeatGeek. We'll be back next week for you, potentially in the middle of the week with some other great guests. But until then, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Continue to follow the team on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Home Team TV every day. There's a great um, interview with Cooper Manning and JJ Reddick. You don't want to miss that. Um, plenty of stuff. Our digital team has been crushing it during this time, and uh, they will continue to do so here. Um, as we still stay at home for at least a couple more weeks, be patient. I know this is tough for everyone, but hopefully we'll get back to somewhat of a normalcy in a little bit. But until then, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Presented by Seeky, and have a great weekend.